0: Welcome to the Selfless Syndrome Show, where we help women executives and entrepreneurs balance their hormones and get their energy back by breaking with convention. This is the show where we go beyond asking, how do I treat my symptoms? And instead examine, how do I truly heal, transform my hormones, and change my life? We are here to bring you the the outside-the-box ideas, interviews, and action steps focused in the areas of health, relationships, and our career all three of which have a huge impact on our hormones. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I'm your host, mentor, coach, entrepreneur, and best-selling author. I'm also a wife, mom and stepmom to four boys and a furball, and I am a woman whose own life experience and journey from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony has led to me helping other women break with convention and find the tools they need to not just survive hormonal imbalances, but thrive. Ready to dive in? let's go hello welcome back to the show i'm your
1: host dr alex swenson ridley i'm really excited for today's conversation i am joined by Aaron marcus who has a little bit of a different background from what we normally talk about on the show but i'm just excited for this conversation and you all are going to enjoy it too so Aaron is the founder and ceo of conquer your business an international company helping entrepreneurs and small business owners Get out of reaction mode so they can be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives. Having made the successful leap from corporate executive to entrepreneur, she uses that experience along with her MBA education and street smarts upbringing um, to bring help her clients reach heights they have never dreamed possible and have fun doing it. She's an international speaker and the host of Ready Yet podcast and the author of the upcoming book by same name. So Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So we, in our conversation before I hit record, we had all kinds of fun nuggets that we were both dropping. Yeah. No, we're going to have a really great conversation. And just to you know give context to this conversation for our listeners, um, this is coming off of a group conversation that I had with my coaching clients around you know, a lot of the women that I work with, and I know who are listening to this, we're in high leadership roles. Some of us are entrepreneurs, some of us might be in the corporate world. And that struggle of like, when something's really not a fit, or, you know, being pushed to, you know, we were having a conversation around just kind of being a woman in the man's world, and you know, how we're pushed to either be somebody we're not, or, you know, if, if we step into that role, and really powerfully, we're considered a bitch, like there's all kinds of, you know, just crap <laughs> that comes with the, the world that has been defined by men thus far. Um, so I'm just curious to kind of hear your story and your journey, because I know sure. you have a corporate background and then you've you stepped into entrepreneurship and you have other stories too. So, but let's start there.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. So here's what's really interesting for me is I I've made those transitions, but without as much angst, trauma, anger that befalls so many people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I left before that happened or I was just, I mean, the people I worked with were amazed. I was just amazingly fortunate. But I've been very, very heavy in male-dominated industries My before my most recent position. And I say that like it was recent. It was like 2011 when I left. But I was at Cushman and Wakefield, which is an international real estate, Firm commercial real estate, very male dominated, but I worked on the most successful female commercial real estate team in the Chicago suburbs where I had amazing mentors in these women who showed me how to maneuver through a male dominated field without a chip on my shoulder, Mm -hmm. without having to be a bitch. I have never felt, and I know this, I, I, grateful for it. I've never felt I wasn't allowed to be me. Now I dealt with sexism, misogyny. You know I dealt with all of that outright harassment, borderline assault, but in terms of management, I never had a problem. You know, I had problems with other people, but in terms of the management that I worked under, when I left there and what was really the Cross of my, you know, crux of my corporate career, I became the senior vice president of business development for the largest long-term care insurance wholesaler in the country. That nobody knows what that means. So don't worry about it. But <laughs> you know, don't worry. Yeah, it was very fancy, it does not fit on a business card. Um, I was putting national and regional relationships together between banks, broker dealers, financial planners, and the insurance companies that produce the long-term care insurance product. And so we were the middleman, and that was a very male-dominated field. But once again, I was allowed to be an entrepreneur within that corporate role. I had amazing, amazing mentors who brought me into every room, put me at every table, way above my pay grade. And yeah, I was following a path that eventually I didn't want anymore, But at the time, I don't know that I felt trapped by it. Hmm. I didn't know there was other paths available because, you know, I grew up blue collar, 70s and 80s. You get a job, you stay with the job, you get a job, you stay with the job. My parents always thought I was crazy that I would leave and go get another job. But I was um, the wholesaler for 12 years. But I got to a point, even with all that great stuff, working with great people, having amazing opportunities, getting a great education, I still got to the point when I was around 39, maybe, that there was something else. All of a sudden, as hard as I worked and promotions and all the cool things, all of a sudden, it felt like I was missing something. And the only word I could come up with, and it's kind of an unfair word because it has a more of a negative connotation than I intended to, is the work felt contrived. The insurance system is so complicated and it's created to be complicated so that more pieces of the puzzle are needed so that more businesses can make more money. But I no longer felt like I was having impact on it. Like, what was mm-hmm. I doing? I was doing work because there was work to do. Right. But why was there work? Why was that work there? Like, it was weird, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mid- like, can you have a midlife crisis at 40? Is that how that works? Is that when that happens? <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. It just all of a sudden didn't feel right anymore. And it took me a while to figure out how to leave and what, you know, what I wanted to do. I never, that was the other piece that I, I never knew what I wanted to do. Mm. I never knew what I wa- I never got a job thinking this is what I want to do in the world.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. I got a job. I did a good job. And then the promotion or the next job became possible. And then I did a good right. job at it. And then the promotion or the next job became possible. And so I followed the money and I followed the path, but I had never stopped and said, this is what I want to do with my life until I was yeah, 40 yeah. years old. And
1: I mean, I want to say kudos for recognizing that. Cause I know a lot of people who would just keep doing the job for the money. And, you know, it's like we work for 40 years and then we retire and then Half the, half the time they're going back to work now.
2: <laughs> right. it's, it's not it's not enough. That didn't quite work. The way, yeah. that, the way that was supposed to work is not the way that is currently working. Yeah, absolutely. And I think truthfully, and I know we're, we're female focused here, but I think men have that worse than women.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: They have that. They get trapped worse than women do because of their sense of financial obligation, not mm just what the actual obligation is but their sense of financial obligation like is even stronger yeah. than what. but yeah. people get trapped by well truthfully now that we mention it you get trapped by insurance <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. get trapped in your job by needing health insurance yeah i talk to people all the time who want to launch their business and they talk to me as that business success coach you know they want to launch it the right way what can we do and they think that they have to wait until medicare mm. because they can't afford the health insurance if they leave their job or they yeah. have to wait until the kids are grown and on their own with their own insurance or I mean that literally is, I in my opinion, one of the number one things trapping people in jobs that they don't want.
1: I would agree with you. I actually, right before we were recording this, I was talking with one of my clients who is an entrepreneur, but you know she desperately needs help, and she's like, "I can't do that until I can offer health insurance and yada yada." yada. And I'm like, "No, like you know, <laughs> just to give, <laughs>
2: just <right>. to get- <laughs> and, and I have a, I have a different approach. To me, there's always yeah. a way. Right, my yeah. favorite. My favorite question in a world of infinite possibilities: What? Could, how could I do this? Yeah, and, and, like, and get creative with it. <laughs> get creative with it. If you want it bad enough, you know, if you want it, then the way is there. You just probably need to think about it differently. And especially, here's the thing: especially if you come out of corporate, because you're really, really taught this is the way to do it, and. It's not like, that was a big Thank old you. shock to me. <laughs> <Like it's, laughs> guess what? Not the way it's, A-way. it's a way. It's a lot of, people. it's a way right. the yeah. way that was a big shot. Like the first business that I had, I had part-time employees with not set hours and we had no idea month to month what the hours were going to be, where it was going to be. And I thought there'd be no way I could find team members who wanted to do that. And like, there was this whole universe of people who really wanted to do that and just no idea, had no idea. So that was a pleasant surprise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think being willing, like, you know, we have to look at what stops us, right? Like it's, there's always going to be something. And when we're talking about, you know, what you shared is like, you were had a great job and a great career, but it, it wasn't really attached to any passion for you, is what it sounds like. Like you recognized that you had a purpose to serve in the world, and that was not.
2: It, it was attached if- to the people I was working with and how interesting it was to grow and create and change things with them because they were definitely at the forefront of the industry. So it was very intellectually interesting. And that was cool. And that was great. And then I think just as I got older, I felt like something was missing for me. Like I wanted to guide that, not just be a part of it, but I wanted to guide that a little bit
1: more. And, you know, just to give some context for everybody, like I had a similar, I'd always been an entrepreneur and, but I I reached this point where it wasn't that I didn't want to still be a business owner, but like I was on a, on a path with with my career. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, you know um, as we're recording this, I just had kind of this big breakthrough of realizing how traumatic my experience as a chiropractor was like emotionally, not just physically. Um, And I hit this point where I bought a 6,000 square foot building and I had a staff of 12 people and, you know, we were, we were billing out over seven figures and collecting like just shy of that. And, you know, I walked upstairs to my beautiful new office and just like collapsed on the floor realizing this is not the dream and similar like I felt trapped I mean I I like owned a building and was responsible for people's jobs and like all this stuff and but I I realized that it was not I was not doing something that served me and filled me up and I I've hit massive burnout which I don't think you had gotten to that point yet but maybe you No,
2: I I don't know that I was burnt out I became ambivalent I just wasn't doing as good a job. I was, my focus, for someone who had been a high achiever for a really long time, my focus started to be outside of work, which you want to have balance, but I've always had, not always, like I was a horrible teenager, but as an adult, (laughs) I've always had a drive to succeed. And when that went away entirely, was one of the things like, well, there's got to be a different way. Then, if the drive to succeed that I had had for so long, you know, because again, I was like 39, 40 years old when this was happening, so I had been in a adult working role for 20 years, and that drive had always been there, and now all of a sudden, I just didn't care. My version of introspection is to kind of observe how I behave. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's normal. It's kind of hindsight, I guess, but like, wow, how weird is it that I'm doing that? Right? How weird is it? (laughs) Like, wow, how weird was that thought? Right? It's a little bit of neutral observer, curious observer of that was weird. You don't usually do that. Right. (laughs) So, and then what, I wonder why,
0: Hey, if you've been listening to the show for a while, or even if you're brand new, I'd like to extend a quick invitation to you. I find far too many women are going through the journey of their hormones changing and their health being different completely on their own. For this reason, I created what I call tea talks. This is a virtual event. I facilitate on the second Sunday of the month. This is for women executives and entrepreneurs who are committed to not settling in their health, relationships, or career. This event is a great fit for you if you've already been on a journey and produced some results in any of these areas, but maybe you feel you've plateaued, are feeling all alone, want some new inspiration and direction, or are wrestling with a decision that means big changes in your personal and or professional life. To be clear, this is not a webinar, and there's nothing for sale. It's also not something you just show up to to listen. We all participate in conversation together, and I facilitate keeping the space safe and healing for all of us. So come with your cup of your favorite tea and a fuzzy blanket, and we will spend some time together in deep conversation and connection. To register for our next Tea Talk, go to calendarly.com backslash emergentwomen backslash tea hyphen talk. Again, that's calendarly.com backslash emergent women backslash t hyphen talk. That link is also in the show notes. Now back to our conversation. So
1: I'm I'm curious now, just thinking about like I, you know, I have like just to give you some context of clients and we can maybe talk about how you transition, like not necessarily even like like starting a business, but just if you are feeling stuck. Like for example, I have a client that you know she Really, she's a, a professor. She really actually doesn't like teaching. She wants to be writing, have a blog, like, you know, and impact the world in that way. And her, but she's been so nervous to do that largely because of paycheck, but also like she tried really hard not to get tenured. (laughs) Like She did not want it. And then she still got it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's people who would kill for it, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Some of us, you know, are are rather passive aggressive in how we approach things and don't just like jump in. And I know you shared that you, you maybe had a little bit of that in your space too, with how you got out.
2: But what was interesting and the hardest part for me And where it starts, and my clients just roll their eyes when I say this, but this is where it always starts. And what I've learned is whatever it is you're dealing with, whether it's leaving corporate, an interpersonal relationship, physical health, like anything, the very first question is, what do you want? Mm -hmm. The first question is, what do you want? And I will tell you, I knew I didn't want to be at that job anymore. But it took me a couple years to figure out what I wanted. And at the time, I had not yet done the personal development side of my life. So, and again, my default was just to, like, observe my behavior. So I started out online, like, investigating things I was interested in. So this is where it gets weird. Um, The two things that I was involved with heavily at the time was bodybuilding, powerlifting, that life, health, nutrition, and dogs. So, right. So I was in the gym. I was competitive powerlifter. We were, um, that was boxing at the time. And then I was also volunteering every week at a dog rescue and training dogs. And I had trained dogs forever. So those were the two things that I loved. And so I looked into those for jobs. I looked at opening a doggy daycare with a facility and and the grooming and the pets, like the whole big delusions of grandeur on that. And I also looked into buying a gym Okay. and I never pursued it because the thing that held me back was I didn't I knew I didn't want to be tied to a physical location from six o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night type of thing. Like I knew that. That piece of it freaked me out enough that I never moved forward. And interestingly, and then I got a really good piece of advice um, that most people don't get to earn a living from their passion. That when you turn your passion into a job, now it's a job, not your passion. So the trick is to get a job, have a business, you know, earn an income in a way that uses your zone of genius that lights you up and so that you can make enough money to support the passion. passion. That's good. And I followed that path. Mm -hmm. And so because I came out of the world of long-term care insurance and I knew that market, The What I did was I purchased a franchise in that arena and adjacent to it anyway, same market. Because I knew how to run a business. I knew the market. I knew I wanted to help people as part of my business. I knew I wanted to have a small team of people. Like it checked so many boxes. I knew there was going to be a wide variety of things I was going to have to learn how to do. So it checked that. Like in my strengths finders, like learner is number two. So I, I checked yeah. that box. Um, it gave me the freedom to still volunteer with the, with the dogs. So I did that. And from there developed what I'm doing now, right? And I think if I'm going to go back, what do you want? What do you want? And then also, this is not a forever decision. You kind of like if if what you want doesn't work, you get to want something else, right? Like people think, right? People make all these we 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 treat especially women. We treat every decision as if it's the only time I ever get to make that decision. When that's almost never, like I think having kids is the only time, and there's a forever decision. Yeah. Right. That's probably true. (laughs) Right. There's no forever decision. And yet we act like if I don't come up with the exact perfect thing, I'm not used to my haircut. I don't come up with the exact perfect thing. We're going to be stuck with that thing. No. It's letting go. Right. It's letting go of like, I'm not a big fan of, hey, I'm just going to try this because I think it's not strong enough to create. And things aren't easy, right? Things aren't easy. Entrepreneurship yeah. isn't easy. So if you're just going to try it and just dabble, it's not going to work. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, don't get so attached to it that you throw good money after bad, that you make bad decisions, that you, you know, right? That you go into the spiral of doom unnecessarily. Yeah. Because most of the time when you're trying to figure out what you want, there's a vision, but the how isn't attached mm-hmm. because the vision is so far out ahead, you almost can't even figure out like you shouldn't even worry about it and just keep moving towards the vision and assess yeah. it. I assess constantly. This is crazy. I assessed almost monthly, if not weekly, if everything that I'm doing is moving me closer to the vision or farther away from the vision. And so I remake those decisions constantly.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good. There's a quote that's coming to mind. I think it's reach for the stars because at the very least you'll hit the moon or something along those lines, right, right? Right.
2: Like if I don't, right. I mean, setting the million dollar goal is what lets you hit half a million. If you only set the half million dollar goal, you're only going to hit a hundred Right. not that that's yeah. bad but like right whatever it is aim higher mm-hmm. be- not being because- be
1: afraid to
2: right well and not because <laughs> you're i have to everybody has to make a million dollars no but because you feel you have a right to and you feel that you can if you wanted to and you feel that you don't need permission for it just because I-, yeah. I tell people it's it's one of the scariest things you could do expect more from yourself it's a scary thing to do but expect more from yourself not because not from a beat yourself up place but from powerful creator place yeah
1: because we are we are so much capable of so much more than we allow ourselves to be and yeah.
2: you know like we get what stuck if in- what if anything were possible what does it look like you be so. I mean, look at all the crazy, like lunatic, crazy people on TikTok and Instagram making tons of money, doing the most random ass stuff. But it's fun, you know. I'm not talking about like the lying influencers. I'm talking about the authentic people. Yeah. Like I can't get over. <laughs> this is like makes me sad. I am. Highly, highly, highly involved right now with Emmanuel the emu and the fact that he's not doing well, (laughs) like, this is not okay with me. Mm -hmm. And I watch like these videos of people who are living their dreams of these things you'd never think possible. Yeah, it's the authenticity piece, right? That don't follow the path, uh, the authenticity piece, yeah.
1: And this is huge. I just had a I'll just share this as a I'm recording a solo show right after this that so we're going to talk about this too, but it's a good refresher. I was in a retreat over the weekend and you know one of the things that was talked about that really stuck out to me is we are the resource of our time and money. And so much we feel like, you know, it's we have scarcity, we don't have enough, we have to, you know, not be ourselves in order to make the thing or, you know, mine was very much like chiropractic world was driven by a male dominated you know whatever you want to look at but like where i know you just give and give and give your time and like there was no i didn't feel like i authentically showed up in that at all and so is it a surprise i burned out no not really no <laughs> um, it's
2: not maintainable
1: yeah like- and it's that permission to be different like we don't have to do it the way everyone else has done it because then you lose your
2: authenticity And I, I, yeah. And I tell people the only thing, like I do marketing and business strategy and sales training. That's easy. The Mm -hmm. reason it's easy is because you can buy it. Yeah. You can buy it. The hard work is the mindset work. And the reason it's hard is because you can't, no one can do it for you. I can, you can guide people. I can guide people. There's people who can guide people, but no one can do it for you. But the absolute one thing that nobody can tell you is what you want. Yeah. Nobody can tell you what you want.
1: You have to figure that part out. You do. And until you do, You're going to buy every program or follow every rabbit hole and every chase, every silver bullet. You know, we talk about health on this show. I talk a lot about weight because so many women struggle with their weight. This applies to that too, ladies.
2: (laughs) It applies to everything. Yeah. It applies to relationships. Yeah. All of it. And there's a big difference between getting help, meaning knowledge and guidance Mm -hmm. and giving away. I hate, it's not my words, like giving away your power. That's just not me the way I would say it, but that's what we're using, (laughs) but giving away your power to someone else to make your decisions like that to me, that's my bottom line. If you, you know, people would rather go broke and they'd rather suffer heartache than have a difficult conversation. The most difficult conversation you can have is a honest one with yourself. And because we don't do this, people who are not vested in us end up making our decisions for us. The boss gets to decide how much money you make. Well, why should somebody else decide how much money I make? Right? Like, yeah. one of the things, the surprise thing, one of the surprise things that I've loved about entrepreneurial world, and I come out of a great collaborative corporate environment and yet Mm -hmm. it's inherently scarce scarce thinking scarcity thinking and competition because if you want a promotion there's only one of them right if you want a promotion and three other people want a promotion and there's only one promotion to get that's inherent scarcity thinking inherent competition yeah but The number one type of person I have on my podcast to help them get their word out are people who do exactly the same thing I do. Because it's collaboration and abundance, there's millions of people who need help. Yeah, they're not gonna all want to work with me. We know this. (laughs) We know this. I am not everybody's lobster, right? I mean, we know this. Yeah. And it's hard to unlearn like it, it's such a different way of thinking about the world
1: it really is and it's so ingrained like I've even had assistants who have been like well do you want to interview this person because they do like exactly the same thing that you do and I'm like
2: yes yeah do. I do they a <laughs> like, they, and they that's talk. a good conversation right? are they articulate <laughs> do they have a good story yes that's who yeah. we want Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. absolutely absolutely Yeah
1: really really great stuff so you know for those listening to the show that are i mean we've hit like the first step you gotta have to figure out what you want especially yeah. if you're feeling like you're in that place of like being unsure and i've talked a lot about you know i've had like a shifting identity maybe we can dive into this a little bit um this year because you know this is another thing that we do and i don't know that it's more women than men maybe i have no stats on that but of like being defined part of what defines us is what we do. Right. So like I was very very much
2: saying that's a very, yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll just go. that. That's good. I like that. (laughs) Um, Not really, but you know, so like (laughs) chiropractor was like my identity for a decade and then it was like, you know, not what I really, really wanted, but divorcing myself, like separating myself from that identity. And even from what I do now, because it's, Like, especially if you're in entrepreneurial worlds, you have to have that separation between like your business and who you are, even if like who you are is part of what, you know, if you are the brand, you still need that degree of separation. Um, So I'm just curious in your own journey, because obviously you went from one world into another world. Like,
2: So the first part was easy because my definition wasn't just this corporate person. Mm -hmm. But it was a successful corporate person. And I think the success came first. And then the franchise system, I was very successful very quickly. So I was fine. Because I had that consistency in my identity of someone who succeeds. Mm -hmm. Where it all fell apart. (laughs) was after i closed that franchise sold thing you know i I shut that down and made another switch and was not as instantly successful Mm -hmm. and that's when i had my crisis of confidence yeah because i had gotten promotion 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 new new job new job new job fancy 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 yay 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 and then all of a sudden I couldn't figure anything out to save my life. Like nothing was working. Like I said, 2018, Aaron's year of failure. And I say that now, as you can tell with no emotion attached to it, because I don't, I know I couldn't do what I did now if I wouldn't have gone through that, but I can look back and see why things didn't work and what I had to learn and how, you know, and now I can help people through that same path. But that's when the crisis of confidence hit. And also, as you're saying, because even though I was in a relationship, the other thing that was happening at the time for me is my other identity was in that physical thing. Oh, she's a bodybuilder. She's a power lifter. She's a boxer. She's very in shape. She's very strong. Blah, 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 blah. That had also fallen apart through age, through injury, through not having the money to do what i needed to do or feeling like i didn't have the money to do what i needed to do to get the healthcare that i needed to get to solve the problems i was no longer able to phys- so i had massive crisis of confidence because i was no longer the successful business person and i was no longer the physic- you know the strong girl strongest girl yeah. at the
1: gym yeah
2: so that was fun right <laughs> not, not, at, all. A, not <laughs> at all like not even a little yeah. but the universe is always working for you I never would have gone down the introspection path that I did that now makes me really good at what I do if I wouldn't have hit that point and Right. And learning self worth, like, no one can tell you what you're worth. No one can tell you the intrinsic worth as a human, the how to move through those things, the tools to get through those things. And the other thing I, because I've been listening lately to some podcasts, like, this is normal. I thought I just sucked but this is actually normal. Like yeah. this is the journey that you don't find highly successful entrepreneurs who haven't had this journey because it takes what you've learned through this journey to become highly successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. And, and, you know, so my advice is keep going when you're going through hell, keep going. Right. Yeah. Um, grab on onto tools, right? I grabbed onto a couple of tools. You learn them, you know, if there was a book to read, if there was a free ticket to an event, right? I mean, I was there, <laughs> double down on it. And, and yeah. I think, um, that's the other, that's the resilience, right? In the moment mm-hmm. of it all falling apart, are you going to step away or are you going to double down on it?
1: Yeah. And in that moment, you have a choice to make, right? It's you know, play it safe and
2: you what know, do you want, and retreat. how bad do you want yeah. it? Yeah, I do what do you going. want? And the other thing, the how bad does you how bad do you want it? I can tell you the solution of me getting out of Aaron's year of failure and going from making eleven thousand dollars that year. Now, put this in perspective, just for
1: fun, <laughs> just for fun.
2: Corporate executive expense account—they paid for my MBA. Top ten in a two hundred office um franchise model, fifteen employees, blah 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 eleven thousand dollars big contrast big contrast, little bit of crisis of confidence, right? but I went from eleven thousand dollars to multiple six figures in a couple of years because. I doubled down on what do I have to do to get through it? And the answer is not work harder. The answer is not do more of it. The answer is not pound it harder and feel worse about everything. You cannot, right? You cannot get yourself out of the hole if all you're doing is thinking about the hole.
1: You just take it further.
2: Oh, look, a hole. Oh, look, a hole. Oh, look, a hole. Right? Still falling. Building in. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing, just to circle back on something you mentioned, going back to what do you want and leaving corporate and knowing what to do? I had no idea what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So, what I did was I started to play with things. Mm -hmm. I volunteered, I went and played with something to see how it felt. Because for me, anyway, I don't get my great ideas sitting alone in my office. Yeah. I have to be out in the world. I have to be experiencing something. I have to be doing something. So, yes. Go play with it. You're not sure. If you know you're in a spot that you no longer want, but you don't know what to do, just go play with a few things like go to an entrepreneurial networking event you'll hear people introduce themselves in jobs you never knew existed go do something that lights you up so that you can tap into that inner voice
1: absolutely and I love that word play you know a lot of us are missing that and I don't mean just like you know it can be childlike play, but you know, if we approach it without the stress and like, oh my gosh, I need to this work or, I need to figure this out right now, or like, yeah, I just hate my life, all that stuff, and just like start to explore and have fun, like have right. fun with it. This is new for me, a new shift in how I'm approaching my business. It's like, how can I like have fun writing content or, you know,
2: right
1: coaching my clients, like whatever it is. Like, where's the
2: well? And I said that. Coming out of corporate because again, I didn't leave a job I hated. Mm-hmm. And what I used to say was, and I'll still say it occasionally, it just hasn't been a problem for a while. I didn't leave six figures to be miserable. Yeah. If it's not fun, odds are I'm not going to do it very long.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: that's one of my core values. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it very long if it's not at least marginally a good time.
1: Yeah. And I think you know, here's your permission, ladies, listening to this. There's
2: permission ah. to actually enjoy what you do. Get to enjoy. I the one thing I've always felt, again, core value. You get one chance at this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You meaning your life, and I just refuse to waste it. It doesn't mean that I'm you know running around here on fire twenty four seven, but I refuse to sit back. And let it happen without any of my own influence into it. Mm-hmm. Life is not ha-
1: something that happens to us, right? That's, well, that, we right, that's right. creating normal. it.
2: And I think it's unfortunate that so much of our media and our, so, you know, our norms are around letting other people make all your decisions for you and taking whatever's left over. Just take not, and I don't mean from a righteous indignation, mm-hmm. I can't stand that, but from a passive okayness with it, like without even realizing, wait a minute, I could do something different. yeah, because like so one of the things that we've realized is the situation doesn't actually dictate the outcome. The person does. No, yeah, when COVID hit, Broadway theater got shut down. Catering got shut down. Hospitality got shut down. But some people immediately went out and did something else. Mm-hmm. And some people sat there and wallowed for two years about what they lost. Yeah. So do you always get everything you want? No. Is it up to you whether or not you get something? 100%. Yeah. And,
1: you know, it shows there's always adapting to do. Like we create, we create in any given moment. We have to pivot. We have to adapt. We have to change. Like
2: the fact that I'm getting to talk to you right now is a perfect example of this because my, the number one way that I got my clients was networking and speaking. And in March of 20, in March 1st of 2020, I had 35 speaking gigs booked for the year. Oh, wow. And by March 31st, I had zero. Yeah. yeah, I learned a whole new way to talk to people. <laughs> I can pre- yeah. present on Zoom to hundreds of people. I didn't know how to do that. I could do this, right? But I didn't know how to do that before. Yeah, I yeah. learned how to make just as much money without getting on an airplane and, and eating crappy food in banquet halls. Mm-hmm. And now I get to do both. Now I know two things instead of one thing. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Like it doesn't always look like it in the moment. And you got to give yourself your space, right? Give yourself a space. Give yourself your set your timer. I'm going to give my ten, 10 minutes, pity party galore, 10 minutes. <laughs> and when that <laughs> timer goes off, game on, right? You don't have to not have the emotions. You don't have to not have the sad. I don't recommend like setting up camp in it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm something I've been saying a lot with my clients and working on myself is, you know, allow space for processing the emotions, right? Like, I think where a lot of us run into trouble is we try to be like camp down. I've been a queen at this. It's like, nope, don't feel like I intellectualize the crap out of it. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to move it on. But it still lives in our body, right? So like, give yourself the space to process, but don't wallow. Like, don't just right.
2: stay process, stuck there. Don't it's, it's
1: process and move forward, release. Like we're processing
2: to- I never understood what that meant. Like it took me yeah. so long. You have to process your feelings. What? just <laughs> like, for the longest, I'm so like you. I'm like, this is- Yeah logical brain like what does that even mean like somebody tell step one step two like what I could not don't understand and I think what I've learned what I've learned to do feel them don't Mm -hmm. attach meaning to them yes right allow myself to be sad angry excited whatever it is without any attachment and then the other thing that I do and this is my literal step one two three of processing feelings I write down in my journal all the things that are bothering me like so I write down the bad thing I'm thinking the story I'm telling myself and then I write the word no and then I circle it (laughs) and then I write the new thing instead (laughs) And so I'm literally, (laughs) that's my three-step process to processing how I feel. I'm acknowledging it, right? I'm acknowledging it without Mm -hmm. attachment. I'm getting out of my body by physically writing it down. I'm acknowledging it. And then I'm choosing whether or not I want to keep it. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to keep it, I'm creating what I want instead. Mm Yeah. So I don't know if that's right. I don't know if I'm even <laughs> on the right track with that. Currently, <laughs> what I'm doing, and then yes,
1: <laughs> I don't think there's a right or wrong way. It's what works for you, right? And you know, if it's and I do a similar process. It's like I get clear on what's not working, like what's not going the way I want it to, and then I'll write down like what do I actually want? What instead? But I I focus on that,
2: right. I did a Facebook post a couple of weeks ago. My friends who know me were laughing at me. Take a walk, take a shower, take a walk, take a shower, take a walk, take a shower. Like <laughs> I was going through some things, and uh-huh. it's fall. We're in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. We had a beautiful fall. The colors are amazing. The weather until today it's cold has been amazing, and Mike and it, we did like a three hour walk, and I'm like da 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 and just let it out, but I'm out in nature right? So I'm in this calm, beautiful, majestic, bigger than me environment. I'm releasing it all by just da, 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 da. And then when I get home, I take the very long hot shower and that's where I come down, right? That's where the energy drops. I'm now relaxed. That's where I say to myself, okay, in a world of infinite possibilities, what can I do about this? That's when the ideas come, And so I'm like, good news, bad news. I've lost a couple pounds, bad news. We have no hot water, right? (laughs) Gas bill (laughs) is through the roof, right? But- And it's okay. That's the process. That is the current process. So take a walk, take a shower and writing it all down. Yeah.
1: And what you just described actually is for women, um, you know, there's the fight, flight or freeze response, which is they've shown is actually a little more like the fight version is a little more male oriented and women actually need to tend and befriend and so we need to you know make sure everyone's okay and then like go talk it out and so you're talking it out
2: and calming your nervous (laughs) i tend to (laughs) i tend to err on the side of quite masculine energy so i have to intentionally do this yeah because my instinct is not that right warm and fuzzy yeah
1: I've had to learn how to do it. And it's all a learning process. And we figure out what we need. Like I I went through a kind of intense, like just realization and perspective shift on myself over the weekend around some trauma. And yesterday I was so exhausted. And we were actually traveling. Like we were out of town. We were at a hotel and like I could not wake up. I slept for nine hours and then I took a two hour nap. And I've never done that. And my husband, I don't think he like knew what was going on, but he took you know our 9 year old was like,
2: "we'll go." I like, I remember when I took the back in college when I took the GRE, I slept forever. And and it, this yeah. is but again, I, my background is working out and dogs. The two ways to uh, exhaust your dog is run him around the block a bunch of times or just do 15 minutes of training. Mental yeah. exhaustion is just as legitimate as physical exhaustion. For most we are mammals, you know, it does work that way. Yeah.
1: And sometimes part of the release is that it's
2: sleep. Let's go for a walk.
1: I then took a hot shower. Hot showers are uh-huh. definitely a key.
2: <laughs> that one is one of the
1: ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge and wisdom and just having this conversation. It was a lot of fun. Um, how can people connect with you? if They want sure, more it's Aaron in their real life.
2: Real easy. Real, real easy. Conqueryourbusiness.com. The name of the business is Conquer Your Business. So if you just go one place, it has all the different ways to reach me, all the different things going on. There's a bunch of free resources. So I love meeting people and hearing what's going on in their lives. So conqueryourbusiness.com, just that easy.
1: Awesome. And any final parting words of wisdom? I mean, we've dropped a a lot of stuff in here. So
2: My thing is don't give up. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's don't give up. Fall down seven times, get up eight and my favorite quote, um, one of my absolute favorite quotes is actually from Winston Churchill. Success is the ability to go from failure to failure with no lack of enthusiasm. Yeah. it It's your life. Go create it. Don't let anything decide it for you.
1: I love that. I think that's a very powerful place to end.
2: So be
0: awesome. listening. Go create, and I appreciate cre- you.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: As promised, and in the spirit of February and self-love, I'm going to be hosting a brand new free workshop called Love Yourself with Food. Break through restrictive diets and build your own food roadmap. This is going to be happening live on February 18th, which is a Saturday, at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time. That is 10 a.m. Alaska Time, and we'll be on Zoom. Together, we will be helping you create your own food roadmap that is not only unique to you, but has that missing ingredient of self-love in there as well. So to register, go to emergentwomencoaching.com backslash love hyphen yourself. Again, that is emergentwomencoaching.com backslash love hyphen yourself. And I will see you on the 18th. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Selfless Syndrome Show. It is for listeners like you that I continue to show up every week to share new ideas, interviews, and action steps on getting your energy back and balancing your hormones unconventionally. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. You can do this on whatever platform you are joining us from. This helps us continue to grow and reach even more women around the world. Also, while I love showing up and sharing my deep thoughts with you, I'd also love to know what questions you have and would like answers to. You can visit www.speakpipe.com backslash the selfless syndrome show and leave me a message. I will answer your question on an up and coming Q and A episode. Again, that's www.speakpipe, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E.com backslash the selfless syndrome show. You can also find me hanging out most often on LinkedIn, where I publish a weekly newsletter called The Selfies Chronicle. I look forward to hearing from you in either place. Until next time, continue breaking with convention and taking action one step at a time.